We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It did feel like last year. Uh, Steve looks out of it. Team looks out of it. Steph is actually, well, Steph is asleep. He wasn't asleep last year. So, you know, all in all, uh, worst game of the season? Easily. Worst game of the I season. Mean, worst game of the season. I feel like Draymond won Defensive Player of the Year tonight because if you don't understand exactly how special Draymond Green is, look at what the Bucks did to the Warriors without Draymond. Yeah. They're a, yeah. I'll give them this. They're a well-coached, engaged defensive team that they can play good defense without Draymond against average teams. But when you're playing a team like the Bucks, good Lord. Now, I don't think Draymond's uh, making up a 40-point deficit tonight, but like they don't get down, what was it, 70, what, 75, 38 at half? 77, 30. Yeah, ridiculous. Just a ridiculous That sport. doesn't happen if Draymond Green plays. No. Period. No. No, I mean, just the way the, they came out with no energy. And, and what we've seen with Draymond this season, particularly this season, he's come out with, I mean, you could argue that Draymond's hurt right now because he's played so hard, really. That's probably one of the reasons. And uh, he's played that hard because he comes out and the team doesn't look as lackadaisical as they did today. Frankly, Sam, this game was embarrassing. Like, the most embarrassing game of the season. You can't come out here on national te- Now, the Warriors playing national television games all the time, but you're playing a championship contender that's lost four of their last five, as Fitz keeps telling us. And you shit the bed. You completely shit the bed. And look, we all love Steph here. I, and I get, you know, the Draymond point. But for me, it's more about Steph. It's like, look, man, you you just, Draymond's not going to be able to shut this team down. They're not going to score 77 points. But you can't come out here and look like that as the leader of the team and expect everyone else to play hard. I, who was the guy that played, like, Andrew Wiggins played well today? That was like, Kamingo played well. Like, I would say, like, those guys played hard. That was about it. <laughs> Like, I don't our, know what guy, was going on out our there. Our guy, Evil Steph, had some great minutes sure. at the end of the fourth. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. No. Um, Draymond being out has nothing to do with the offense being That's awful, exact is which what was, I'm trying which to say. Which was exactly. also awful. But, like, this is a defense first team. And, I don't know, man. Giannis is 
probably the best player in the league. He's definitely the best big man in the league. He is the like, best player in the league. He he gets his. He's not getting it that easy if Draymond plays. Um, but there's just a lot to take from. I don't even know where to go with it. My my whole thing is it was yeah you're right. It's an embarrassing effort tonight. And I kind of just want to throw it in the trash right now, to be sure. honest with you, sure. uh, because there's just not a lot I can learn from them playing without Draymond Green. The reality is if Draymond's hurt in the playoffs, they're going nowhere. They're losing yeah. the first round. Yeah, it just is what it is. You know, they're yeah. not going to. And that goes for the entire. I was going to say that's every team. Yeah, you know, it's, <laughs> it's just reality. You know, like the Bucks, how far can they get if Giannis misses game? They can probably get by a couple of games, but they like they lose Chris Middleton. What happens? Right, like, exactly. like they lose. They, lose James sec- Harden, they lose in the second round to the Heat, probably. You know, exactly, like, exactly. exactly. I, I'm 100 percent with you. Say, same thing goes with Memphis. I mean, we talked about this last game a little bit, but Me- Draymond plays that game, they win. Like it's it's very it's very simple with with how good Draymond has been. So I'm with you. So let's take let's take a broader view. They're officially at the halfway mark. Literally the worst possible game to get there because we all have bad taste in our mouth right now. But if I told you before the season started, the Warriors would be 30 and 11 at the halfway mark, what would you say? A plus. <laughs> Absolute yeah. A plus. And, and really, Frank, I still think it's an A, an a first half. I mean, we're, we're not just talking about the last three A's. And I think one of the re- – and just for all the things that we know, we've seen it as an A-plus effort. Steph still looks great despite the fact that he's mired a disgusting stuff. Clay's back looks healthy. Draymond, when he's on the floor, looks amazing. And, you've, and had, just- you've got 60 minutes from Clay in the first half of the season. Like, that's an important thing to note. They're 30 and 11, and Clay has played 20 minutes in three games, you know? And he looks healthy. And he looks like that really is the key part of the first half right now, outside of the first 20 games where they looked amazing, is that Clay now looks healthy coming back. And he's, if that's the case, and you get him 40 plus more, he's not going to play 40, like 30 more games. Like that's what he's going to be able, that's what he needs to get into rhythm to play in the postseason, 30 plus minutes, right? That's, that figures into the equation of how good, how successful this first half has been. I do think he's got a lot of work to do to get his rhythm back, but like mm-hmm. bigger picture to, you're right. The, the more important thing is how he looks physically. Like his rhythm wouldn't matter if he came back moving like you or me, really. You know what I mean? Like what, what matters is he comes back and he's moving like clay Thompson. He's playing with no fear. I'm not concerned that he goes like two for seven from three. You and I both know, like he just needs a little, he needs, probably 10 games to get his Couple timing. Yep. Yeah. Get your timing down. That's why he's missed two and a half months. The The big tell with him is like how he moves physically. And I saw him against like Middleton, who's one of the best wings in the league. He could hang with him physically. Yeah. To me, that's all that really matters in terms of what we want to see with clay. And so now it's about using the next 41 games and who knows how many of them he'll play. Um, I think 30 is probably realistic. Yep. Like you said, like he's yep. not playing against the bulls. Um, they're probably going to be cautious with him just because like they want to get him to the playoffs healthy. Um, use those to really get his rhythm and everything under him. And and that's a positive. I think that is a positive. Um, in general, I think a lot of Warrior fans are having a hard time um, gauging what a good team really looks like. Like the Warriors pre-KD average 70 wins a season. They won 67, then they won 73. <laughs> then with KD, they were just so good. It didn't matter yeah. how many games they won. Now, would you say that they're a 55 to 61 team? You just, by the way, you're stealing my point. I was literally going to talk about this, but now you brought it up. Even though I didn't put it in the rundown, 
So we're, we're today we're aligned in how we're thinking about it. I think, yeah, they're a 50, 55 to 61 team. And I think one of the problems with actually, Sam, it is not a problem. It's a first world problem with watching a team that's yes. been this good for the past six years is that we're used to them winning games like tonight and making it a statement game. What's more normal is if you're a LeBron stand, which is a large majority of people on Twitter, is that LeBron takes weeks off and his teams will look bad for a month. I mean, and that's normal. That's what most normal basketball teams are uh, in the NBA, even if they're the in real NBA? contention. <laughs> I set myself up for that. But that, it really is, right? Like, Steve, Steve came out on the press conference. He acted like nothing is bothering him today. I don't know whether he's, that's true or not. But I just – sometimes you just go through these slumps um, as a team, and, and I don't take too much of it because you, neither you nor I, and I think it's unfair for people to think of this team as a 65-win team. They're not. And neither is anybody in the NBA, by the way. Nobody's nah. winning 65 plus. So it's just, it's just how it's going to be. I mean, there's a reason 67 wins was a top 10 win total of all time. You just don't, sometimes it's easy to lose perspective. Like the best teams in the NBA win three out of every four. That's a 60 win season. If you're winning 57, 58 games, you're a legit contender. And by winning that many games, you, you lose 25, which means at some point in the season, you're going to go through a couple week period where it's just like, yes. dude, nothing. They look like they don't know how to play basketball. I mean, like literally the last couple of weeks, I've been like, does Steph know how to play basketball? You know, like some of it's just, kind. Of, it's just, this team has had so many highs. It's easier to lose fact that like, you know, as Steve said, that's not the real NBA. It's kind of normal. Well, it's also kind of normal to do. And the other thing too, and, and Steph's 33, he's going to be 34. It's just, he's not going to be great every single time, 75 games a season. And you said this, and we talked about in the last part, he still looks great physically. Sometimes I think now as he gets older, maybe he's just going on slumps that are going to be longer. It's going to happen. Um, and, and I think that, you know, on one end, wishful thinking is you hope it happens now versus three months from now, right? When it's the postseason. Um, but I think all of it is normal. You can't expect this team to play this well throughout the entire season, especially, especially when you've got guys like Draymond out. And Clay Thompson in name is amazing, but he's still working his way back into what he used to be, right? So I didn't expect him to win tonight. Didn't expect him to lose by 40. But um, these are just kind of the growing pains that you're going to have for a team that's getting older. They're just getting older, and, and, but they're still great when they're healthy. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis. Analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. We're halfway through the season. Is there anything you'd want to add to this team? Let's uh, two two separate questions. Do you think they'll make a trade? Is one question. Mm-hmm. No. Now, <laughs> no, yes. no, no. The answer is now. No. Would you want? Is there something you want them to add to the team? Forget like what Joe Lacob wants, Bob Myers. What you think will happen? Just like Andy Lupine in the sky. Yeah, yeah. Um, I would like them to realistically add a big man. Um, uh, Kevon Looney is, is awesome. I, I think we're going to get to James Wiseman. I don't think he's going to make a, a, um, an impact this season. I, I want him to get, and this is not for closing games. I just want him to have a veteran big guy. Um, and, and then another veteran wing would be nice. Just two veteran guys, um, that aren't going to close games, but they just need those guys to play in minutes of if Looney's ineffective or if JTA can't play, Kaminga can't play, Damian Lee can't play. They need an extra wing guy. Moses Moody's not ready to go, right? They need one more wing guy. I mean, Nick Batum gets brought up here or there. The Clippers are falling apart. Looks like PG might be out for the season. Like, that's a guy right there that I would love for them to swing. Um, so those are the two big ones for me. I, I don't see a big trade on the horizon. I don't really think they need to do it. But, hey, I know that's where you're going to come in with some names. So it's your turn. I don't, I don't know if they need to do a big trade, but I do agree with you. They, I, I'm going to make it less a big. They need a front court player. Uh, Batum's a front court player. He counts Batum, as one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, he's not a traditional big, but he does a lot of Draymond stuff. The Clippers use him primarily at four and five. They do probably need to add another front court player. So let's get to it. Um, we are bearing the lead. Mm. The big news item from mm. friend of the show, Light Years Insider, Tony Ooh. Slater. Ooh. Um, <laughs> and Anthony Slater for The Athletic reported. James Wiseman had a second surgery in December, um, a arthroscopic surgery to clean up. Oh Lord. The meniscus repair. Now he doesn't have a ton of details. And quite frankly, even if he did, neither you or I are qualified to, um, you know, tell you what that means medically. And even if we didn't have medical degrees, we're not the ones who are looking at his knee every day. So we'd still just be speculating. There you go. But Cleanup in December, I mean, Slater kind of threw out there, I wouldn't expect to see him for the all-star break. The minute I hear cleanup in December and he's still not cleared for contact, like I don't think he's back before the all-star break either. No chance. NBA, NBA all-star break uh, is, let's just pull it up to make sure I got the right date. February, February 20th. It's about a month. I lie. I lie. One month. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. 
I don't think he's playing before that. I think his I'm, – I'm with you now. His season's officially cooked. Yeah. Let's say best-case scenario happens and he's ready to play in an NBA game the first game post-All-Star game. He's going to get, what, 25 games? Mm. 25 games for a player who is that raw and who needed a lot of reps. There's no way he's going to work his way into a legitimate postseason rotation. The Yes. the And again, this is not about James Weissman. Now, this is about timeline and the physical capabilities of becoming the best player that you could be within that timeline is not possible. It's not. Even if if Clay Thompson came back in in March, which now we think Wiseman's coming back, Clay wouldn't be ready to play in the postseason, not to the best of his capabilities, right? The, the, that's why he's back now, because they need him to play that many games to be back. So, what makes you think, even in the most optimistic view, that Wiseman's going to be ready? He should just be in the G League the rest of the season. And just I, frankly, just I don't think he's going to be in the G League, but like, <laughs> I mean, he has honestly, to play basketball, man. Honestly, he just has to. He's going to be able to help them against bad teams and get run like that. But it's like, to your point of needing to add a big, they officially need to add a front court player as far as I'm concerned, because even if you get your best case scenario, Wiseman's back by the all-star break and he's able to give you 15 minutes a game off the bench. Is he going to be able to give you 15 minutes a game off the bench against a team like the Bucs? Against a team like, let's take it down a level because we both think the Bucs are probably the best team in the league. Yeah. Right. A team like the Suns or the Grizzlies, he's not ready to play that level of basketball. He can give you 10 to 15 minutes against the Sacramento Kings or the Pelicans. And there's value in that to eat minutes, I guess. But like in terms of being a big body they can use in the playoffs, like that's cooked. There's just yeah. considering how raw he was last year, considering how much work he had to do, there's no chance he gets to playoff caliber level play this season and that's a real shame like remember in the beginning of the season they're like he'll be ready for camp and we were thinking he was going to play in middle of november and he was going to play 60 games and in my mind i was like all right if they do a good job developing him at the end of those 60 games he can give him he gives something in the playoffs like i didn't think he'd be closing games in the playoffs i thought he could just give him something at this stage the most optimistic wiseman person can't look you in the the face and say with a straight face like oh yeah i'm totally comfortable throwing him out there against the grizzlies in round two when he's played 12 games in the regular season or something well i guess the question is why didn't we know about this earlier and whether one would care about it right it's why why are we finding out about about this in mid-january uh when they told us that he was they, they basically led you know us or whomever along and just to say hey he's doing contact now he's not doing contact oh it's not a setback actually they've said like hey it's not a setback everything's going well it's planned all of a sudden january 13th yeah microscopic knee surgery like what <laughs> that, that's a setback that's yeah. a setback and to me why were they hiding it slater had to like dig to get this info that's the part that i keep going back to that's kind it's of bugging. Odd. it's a little odd this team this is the team that cannot stop talking about Smiley Geach. You know, like they, they're, look, we know the Warriors pretty well. Slater knows the Warriors probably better than anyone. Yeah. It's, this, this team doesn't act like Fort Knox with like the nuclear codes. Like they love to talk to the media. They're not OKC. No, they're not. Not at all. And um, the fact that they 
we're hiding this stuff. I don't like it. It just, I mean, what? Because they don't want to open up speculation about LaMelo again. I mean, that's one theory because they're worried it's going to like hurt James Wiseman's confidence. I don't know. I, I just don't know the angle here that makes sense to hide this. Yeah. I mean, here, here, here's what we do. I mean, they, they are concerned about um, James Wiseman's kind of uh, confidence and personality and, and they want to, I don't want to say baby him, but there's a reason why Andre Godala goes out of his way to say that James Wiseman can come back and be a starter. Right. When we know that that's not true. Um, and Steph Curry goes out in the GQ article and says James Wiseman is going to be an MVP level player. I thought that was a nice note. Um, by Steph. that was the um, that was the writer taking editorial liberties. That was not a Steph Curry quote. Oh, it wasn't. It was. I thought it was. Nah, that wasn't a quote. Uh, <laughs> so it wasn't I, in quotes. That's all I, I know. I, I, well, yeah. Well, Steph loves Wiseman, so there's yeah. that. We know that. But um, it, it's odd. It's odd. I, I think for me, I feel really bad that you know Wiseman. The thing with Wiseman is he's been on the bench all season. It's not like he's been out of the public eye Sam like we've seen him on the bench all season laughing and kind of enjoying what's going on so it's just it's a little weird the sad part is you're right though end of the day he's not going to be able to make an impact and it's going to be winning time the last 20 games of the season they've got to they've got to make sure that Clay's ready to go they've got to make sure that Draymond's healthy it's not development time (laughs) it's not development time anymore with 20 games left man like that's the part that's going to be tough um, and so it's a, it's a wasted year. It's looking more yeah. like, I don't want to say it's a wasted pick, but it's, it's way it's wasted, but he was hurt. So it's kind of tough to say it was a wasted year, wasted pick. I guess you could argue that though. No, it's, it's a wasted year. Well, cause he was hurt. So you kind of can't, it's a, like, sorry, a better way to put it. It's a lost year. Yeah. Lost yeah. year is the appropriate way to put it. Um, and now you're talking about a guy who's two years away from a contract extension. So it's just, it's such a mess of a situation. And for an organization that's light years ahead, they don't want a mess about this. Like it's, it's gone about as poorly as one could expect. And I don't need fits out here lying to everyone about how big a difference Wiseman's going to make. That's basically where I'm at. I'm just, I'm tired of, I hate this word because whoever figured out using this word on the internet, now everyone uses it in every context. I feel like I'm being gaslit by Fitz and the Warriors at all times. And it's just, it's just annoying. You your, know? your, your general frustration is, is the propaganda that, that yeah, the yeah. front office is essentially feeding. I, Hey, I'm, I'm with you. Um, yeah, you just don't get annoyed by it. The way I, do. I, I don't get, I don't get, I don't get it. I don't get as annoyed because I feel bad for Wiseman. I think for, for me, it's, I feel bad for him because it's like, it's like I was, I was reading some articles today saying that, you know, Jimmy G might be back for year two. And I'm sitting here like, <laughs> Are you fucking serious? <laughs> you can't be fucking. You can't be serious. Like Trey Lance is going to sit again with how raw Trey Lance looks. He's going to sit another year. Like that's where Wiseman is right now. After watching him last year, like James Wiseman is going to sit another year after looking that raw last year. Ah, that's tough. Like if, like you said, if he played sixty games right, if he was playing right now, even tonight they lose by forty. Um, and Wiseman plays he's getting a run. Yeah, at least he's playing. At least he's playing, and he's not right now. And he's he's literally doing mic and drills all day with Mihailovic. And that, you know, I, it's not going to help you get better, brother. It's just not. It's not in the NBA, man. It's it sucks. It sucks for him. It does suck for him. I I I really hate throwing this disclose 
this uh, disclosure out there. It's like, it's never about him. It's in context of the team. But this is also, just to be clear, this is another reason I was like, make a trade. Because you can't be doing this like young player, all in thing, half in thing at the same time, you know? So it does feel like last year, now that you're saying that, by the way. (laughs) We're going full circle into last year. I just don't know where they go with this because there's, even if Wiseman was back in January, I'm not sure there was enough time for him to get the run he needs to be a postseason player. You know what I'm saying? Like, I thought it was possible if he was back in November and he worked his way up to it. At this point, it's like kind of the team they have is probably the team they're going to be choosing to be in their playoff rotation. And it starts begging the question, like you said, should they make a trade? If Nicholas Batum is on the market, should they make that move? Even though Batum is not a center, but he is a player the Warriors would play at the four or the five. Would you, how would you feel about a little Batum auto porter? Well, would that, well, yeah, no, that would be fantastic. I mean, are you kidding me? I would cut three guys on the team that I can think of right now to have that happen. Um, you know, whether they make a trade for that or it's a, or it's somehow a buyout or something like that. I, I don't know. But like, yeah, I mean, JTA, Damian Lee, Bielitsa, any of those guys can go <laughs> for Nick Batum. It's very simple. Uh, it would be incredible. And, and, and by the way, Batum's not even playing that well this year. He's been injured and COVID and all that. But he is a market improvement in terms of a veteran guy than any other guy that the Warriors have right now. And I think like here, here, here. I want to be a little optimistic. The team is 30 and, now, and 11. Oh, I'm, I'm not in a bad. <laughs> well, I, I, like. I think for me, they couldn't have traded the kid anyway. The guy has the kid has no trade value. So I think like their thing is like, okay, so they use the draft pick. They ended up drafting him. Um, it's not LaMelo ball. Uh, that sucks. But they're not really going to get anything for him regardless. So they got to kind of just got to wait and see. It's almost like a sunk cost at this point. Never mind. I was trying to be optimistic. Didn't work. I just realized <laughs> as I was midway through saying it, it's tough, man. It, it, it's tough, but. Maybe he can get 10, 12 minutes a game by the end of the season. Maybe. But can he – no, I think he can totally get that. Can he get it in the playoffs, though? Yeah, yeah. But you're right, though. Even He might not have even done that even if they even if he was playing in January, though. You know what I mean? Like, that's it. Kaminga's not going to be able to play 10, 12 minutes in the postseason. Right? Like, no, he's, they're, he, he's they're not going to be ready to play against good teams in the postseason. Uh, I mean, I guess it's possible, but history tells us it's – unlikely as draymond says <laughs> but i guess my question is then without those guys isn't the problem really the veteran guys instead of those guys though isn't the problem that jta isn't good enough that damian lee isn't gonna be elitsa isn't good enough frankly right now sure isn't that more so the problem because if they're gonna upgrade on those guys they just upgrade by getting batum he'd be getting those minutes not the rookie guy minutes the rookie guy minutes is a problem right now but at least the guys that can play, those three guys are not good enough. Right? No, I agree with you. My, my point is the avenues to upgrade usually involve using a, a, a young yeah. player. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know. Uh, it's the whole situation's unfortunate and it's not positive. Uh, we'll see how it plays out. Maybe he's back sooner than we think. It just doesn't sound great when you have your knee scoped in mid November. I mean, well, so what, what's the official report right now? He's going through three on threes. That that's that's the extent of what he's doing. Full contact drills. Is that the official? He's not doing full. Tony? He's not doing full contact. Never mind. There you go. See, Tony Slater. Tony Slater. He's still not been cleared for full contact. Yeah. And he, you know, it's because of the arthroscopic knee. 
And I, I just don't know how long it'll take, honestly. Like, I, you know, I mean, people aren't coming here for you and me to speculate on medical stuff. Yeah. But the reality is it set everything back. And now they have to realistically look at moves they can make in the roster. Because if your hope was yeah. he could be that backup big who played a role for this team, I just don't know if that's a realistic possibility before the end of the season. You know, it's like, maybe your Trey Lance thing is, is correct. It's like maybe Trey could have been the quarterback come playoff time, but when you get to like week 14, 15 and he started a grand total of one games, like it's not going to, it's not happening. It's like last week if Trey played, they would have lost. I mean, just just like, but, but I think you make a good point. There is one in my, there is one point of criticism that you can make about the front office because they've had a very, very, very good season so far is that, if their goal was to rely on James Wiseman to be a 15 minute playoff performer, because they thought he was going to start the season, then they missed, right? Everything else they've been great so far, right? GP two, uh, Otto Porter, like all that has been awesome. Kaminga looks like a good draft pick, but if they said, Hey, we're not going to have a center because we believe that James Wise is going to be back by November and he's going to be, you know, the, our version of by the way, eight and by June makes, makes total, makes total sense. If he was back by then to cr- construct the roster, the way they did. Sure. Sure. But he wasn't. Well, then maybe it's not their fault. Maybe it's just injury. Then in that case is what can you do? The guy, the guy's just, the guy just got hurt. There's nothing you can do. Maybe in that case. Yeah. It's tough. It's tough all around, but here's the thing. They should still be able to win a championship without him. Like they don't need James Wiseman to win a championship. It'd be nice if he was healthy but they don't need him to win the title. Yeah, but they might need to add another player. At they, this point. I agree. I agree. At they need point, to add vets at this point. I agree. They, they probably needed one of Wiseman or Kuminga to like jump into the rotation come playoff time. And maybe Kuminga does it, but like a lot on a teenage rookie. Not, not ready to go there. So well, we're just going to have to wait and see where these two guys, where it goes and what they do. But now they're, I mean, they're in good position. They're the number two seed through the first half of the season. Um, but there's still work to be done. Yeah. Saw what the Bucks could do without Drew Holiday. Oh, I forgot you wasn't playing tonight. Mm-hmm. There's there's work to be done for this team. All right, we're gonna end it here. We'll be back after the Wolves game. Appreciate everyone subscribe. Rate five.